Greetings, dear ones. You are listening to Keeping It Real with Janine, and I am Janine Strong. Brad Johnson is with us again to give us his perspective on current geopolitical events. Lots going on, so we'll see where we want to take this. Uh, Brad is a retired Brad Johnson retired as a senior operations officer and chief of station with the CIA's Directorate of Operations. Mr. Johnson is a certified senior expert in counterintelligence issues with extensive direct experience in the field. In 2017, Brad founded the nonprofit organization Americans for Intelligence Reform to create awareness for political corruption and diminish capabilities within the intelligence community. My goodness, seems like there's a lot of political corruption going on. Hi, Brad. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing, Janine? It's good to speak with you again. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for coming on. So we didn't set an agenda ahead of time, but there's so many things. I, I, I took some notes. There's the banks failing. There's this uh, possible uh, attempt on Putin's life. You know, there's the whole Russian-Ukraine thing. There's the disaster at the border. Um, CBDCs. What would you like to talk about and and well, educate us all on from your perspective? <laughs> let's let's uh, actually talk about the the corruption issue that you were just laughing about. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> kind of one funny. of the reasons. No, it's no, it's it's not <laughs> funny, but it is it is also kind of funny how bad it is. But uh, it, certainly, it's easy to make fun of. It's gotten so bad. But this is this is something I've been warning about for a very long time i did a um a uh let's see when i'm looking at it right here see if i can find the date yeah it was published back in november of 2020 i did an op-ed that got published by the washington times that was i pointed all of this stuff out just saying how uh politically corrupt uh, intelligence has become and it's going to be used for you know uh personal political things in the that the intelligence world needs to pull back from that and concentrate on doing their actual freaking job, which is, <clears throat> excuse me. That would be nice. <clears throat> yeah, it would be, you know, and, and a lot of the stuff that's done by intelligence is absolutely critical to our national security. And uh, the fact that we've become so lax in all of this is, is a real danger. And let me just, I'm, I'll point out a few things. I mean, I could, uh, certainly spend a lot more time on this one issue, but I know there's other stuff we need to get to. But just for example, lately, uh, all of the, you know, the FBI, the CIA, Homeland Security, everybody in the intelligence field who has budgets that are counterterrorism related have changed them. All this is taking place during Biden's watch. And what they've done is they've, they've taken these budgets away from looking at groups like ISIS or Al Qaeda or people that we would, you know, groups that we all look at and go, okay, well, that's a terrorist group. And what they've done is they've shifted it from this international terrorism field to domestic terrorism. And that has all sort of, of taken place below the radar. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's noted here and there, but nobody has ever taken it on as an issue. Nobody talks about it. But who then have they focused on? So, for example, right. we have Antifa. Antifa... Uh, part of their platform is the use of violence mm -hmm. and they promote the use of violence. And there was that case out in Portland where the MAGA hat guy got executed by Antifa. That was not a single guy. That was a group of around 20 people there. They put out videos themselves of how they did it. And it shows they had this, uh, you know, multi-unit team that went out and assassinated this guy. 
And uh, once the, the shooter got caught by the police and killed in a shootout, they dropped the case because, no, you know, the guy who pulled the trigger is dead. So there's, they don't care about the other 20 people involved in the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a political issue. They don't want to pursue it. But here you have a group that assassinates people, promotes violence, but they're not being looked at by these, these counter-terrorist funds. Uh, you have these groups, these now, the, the trans groups that are out there, who the one of them went in and shot up a school and killed uh, uh, I think it was six, six people total, six, yeah. four kids mm-hmm. and two adults. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there's been a number of them, other ones that have come out and including a judge that has defended them. But another, uh, a couple of other members of the trans community have come out and said, you know, anybody interferes with me, you know, using the bathroom that I decide I want to use, you're going to die, you know, and, and they're promoting violence. This is the stuff that they're out there talking about. But again, these groups that promote and conduct violent acts on the left are not being looked at by the FBI, Department of Homeland Security, any international connections they might have via the CIA. Uh, None of that is being looked at. Who's being looked at are conservative Christian groups because that is who the left promotes as as conducting violence. Yet, where has a conservative Christian group, now I'm not saying there aren't individuals, very few, but there's an occasional individual that kind of goes off the deep end and does something wrong. But there is not one conservative or conservative Christian group in the United States of America that openly espouses the use of violence to promote its political perspective. It does not exist. Yet the groups that do use that as part of their platform, that do espouse the use of violence for their own political gain, those groups on the left, they're all only on the left, and none of them are being targeted by the FBI or Department of Homeland Security, mm-hmm. because 100% of their budget for counterterrorism is now focused on American conservatives, which is a political opponent. That is why they're doing it. And let me point out one last aspect of this that people, you know, they don't just naturally leap to this conclusion. But what does that also do? That means that nobody's watching Al Qaeda and ISIS and Mm. any of the other groups that are out there. Mm -hmm. They are no longer on the menu. They're no longer being looked at. If there's no budget to do it with, then I guarantee you being, you know, out of government, if there's no budget to do it, it's not being done. It is not being done. And that means they're free to organize and build organization and capability to kill whoever they want and, and promote whatever their, their agenda is for the, for the day. So, uh, you know, there's no, there's 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 no one you know guarding everything out there collecting all this information as the enemy builds capability and we all saw what happened in afghanistan and and this stuns me the guy who was the deputy director of the cia came out and and said uh oh you know it's going to take these guys a year or two to you know to build up the infrastructure to start carrying out more attacks in the united states well okay so is that then it's okay? So if they build infrastructure and in two years start killing a bunch of Americans, that's all right then, right? So we're going to let them just do it. Well, it sounds like... And on top of it, the irony of... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, this has to be on purpose. I mean, this just isn't an accident that, you know, somebody has to be behind this. Like with Antifa, who's who's behind Antifa? Well, there's a lot of outside money. Antifa is a group that's been around for a long time and they're they're very horizontally organized. That part is true. So uh, they, it is it's something they could the FBI could easily, you know, rip 
Antifa apart, you know, they could get in and figure out exactly what they're doing, but they don't, you know, it's not one of their targets, but it could be done. But I, my opinion on this is, and I've, I've heard other people, uh, you know, that have different ideas about why this takes place. But my, my opinion is that Democrats honestly view it that way. They honestly believe that conservatives are a greater threat to the United States of America than Al-Qaeda or ISIS or Antifa or a trans group that goes out and shoots up schools. They, they believe that conservatives are the greater threat. They say that, they promote it, and in conversation with people that are liberal that I've had, they clearly honestly believe it. I mean, there's a lot of people that just honestly believe it. It's one of the problems with uh, liberalism, progressivism, socialism, communism. I mean, that's all really kind of one thing. Um, and that's one of the problems with it. it. It Philosophically, it's just wrong and dangerous. It does not create anything positive. It's a negative force in the universe. If I, if I had a magic button in front of me and I could, I could magically erase all of communism, socialism, progressivism, liberalism, you know, in, by the push of a button, and I, which I would push that button, by the way, and if, mm -hmm. if I could do that, the world would be a better place. It would be safer. There would be greater wealth for the people. There'd be less poverty. There would be less social injustice. There would be less uh, legal injustice. I mean, it would, it would the, the whole world, the whole system would be a better, safer, uh, richer place. And uh, it's just it's just one of those things. The philosophy has just gone down the tubes. I mean, it's always been wrong. I mean, just look, the three greatest murderers in the world are, you know, Chairman Mao of the Chinese Communist Party, which is still in power today. Rent, you know, he comes in at number one, killed more people than anyone else. Number two was Stalin, again, socialist. Mm -hmm. And number three was Hitler, again, mm -hmm. a socialist, you know, National Socialist German Workers Party. All the socialists, you know, are, are number one, two, and three top murderers in the entire world ever in the history of, of humankind. I mean, why would you align yourself with that philosophy? It's just, it's one of those fine, fine oddities of, of nature out there where liberals always promote themselves as being on the side of humanity and all of that. But yet, you know, who do they who do they look up to who do they espouse i mean the obama uh, a number of people in the obama administration were were talking about how much you know whenever they were worried about what to do they would they would talk about you know they would think about well what would chairman mal have done and jeez and the answer is he would have murdered everybody who was in his way that's what chairman mal would have done why you know why is that somebody you would look up to but yet people do it's 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 one of those philosophies that's based strictly on ignorance. Anyone that knows the truth and cares enough to pay attention and find out the truth will be very anti-communist, socialist, progressive, uh, liberal because, you know, of what they actually do and what they actually represent. It's wrong. It's evil. Well, we've obviously been very deftly brainwashed uh, to believe otherwise. Oh yes, yes, and I mean you can you can't basically pick a a, a subject. I mean I I often in you know presentations and stuff say yeah well, great give me a you know a liberal topic give me one you know and let's you know let me point out the problems with it because it's just they're all built on um you know basically it's it's you know Joseph Goebbels you know the mm -hmm. the German propaganda minister who who turned propaganda into a science where it had always <laughs> been more an art before 
is has emulated these guys the way they do this is all built on what Goebbels did and and represented but and Stalin also was was famously big on this using the KGB to do these propaganda programs and so on but it's it's one of those things where you take a grain of truth and you build a story around it and I, I had a friend once that talked about Karl Marx and how Karl Marx wrote what he did and it's and he phrased it beautifully, which I'll repeat. He said, well, Karl Marx came to a conclusion and then we picked evidence to support it. And mm-hmm. that is precisely what we see going on here. If you take the January 6th commission, mm-hmm. that's precisely what they did. What they did is they came to a conclusion and then went out and cherry picked a bunch of evidence to support it. And yet when uh, at, uh, Tucker Carlson got videotape of a lot of this stuff happening, one of the guys that had been sent to prison for doing blah, 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 blah. Uh, the videotapes really showed him wandering around and police leading him in and, you know, letting him go through and, you know, kind of giving him a tour of the place and pointing it out. They put all those videos on there and the guy gets released automatically by a judge because it was clear that all of the, what had been done was cover up the, the exculpatory evidence, which, by the way, for a prosecutor, that's go to jail stuff. If you cover up exculpatory evidence, you know, stuff that would show that the the person you're trying to convict is actually innocent, you know, that that's that's a jail sentence for these guys nowadays. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's it's you know, you just look, it's immoral and it's probably illegal. And yet they do it anyway. And, you know, unfortunately, the way we have this system set up, all these congressmen that did the, uh, the the January 6th commission, they have immunity. So you mm. can't do anything about it. Same thing with this, this prosecutor in New York. I mean, prosecutors have probably the best immunity, maybe even better than what the congressmen give themselves, but it's, it's, they're both right up there. So, I mean, there's nothing really you can do, you know. But So he can go out and say, well, I'm going to put Trump in jail. So he's going after a private citizen who's not a criminal and, and get elected to go after a private citizen and put him in jail. You know, that's what he, what he ran on. That's his platform. And he did it. You know, he made up a bunch of charges that, you know, everybody looks at it and says they're just nonsense. And and yet, you know, he's out there and seemingly, I guess, popular within his district because he's, you know, fulfilling his campaign promise. That was what he ran on. And yet targeting of a private citizen is, isn't precisely illegal because of the immunity that he has. Mm. And all he has to say as a prosecutor is, is, well, you know, in my opinion, he's a criminal. And I go after criminals. That's my job. What's his motivation then? I mean, if, if these charges aren't are trumped up, haha, um, yeah. you know, aren't aren't valid, what's what's the motivation? Oh, it's strictly political. I mean, he hate, he hates Trump. I mean, I, I I would have to say, I mean, the Democrat Party universally, with probably very few exceptions, really hates Trump. They just really hate Trump. And I would say probably half the Republican Party really hates Trump. I mean, all of the Bush camp, all the rhinos, uh, which the Bush camp, you know, the Bush former president, uh, all of those guys are, are including former uh, Attorney General Barr, are basically the rhino camp. Mm-hmm. And they hate Trump. And I think in many reasons, uh, some of it is, you know, snobbishness. Uh, Trump is from Queens. And he would be what, you know, a lot of these people would look at as kind of nouveau riche, you know, kind of a, a crude man who made a lot of money. And so they look down their nose at him, you know, okay. for snobbishness. Mm-hmm. 
also some of it is kind of cultural because the guy's from Queens and uh, you know, Queens is famous for the way people talk mm-hmm. and uh, you know, New Yorkers and kind of the attitude of the way they talk and say things and stuff kind of in your face. And what, mm-hmm. you know, Trump is from Queens. He mm-hmm. talks that way. That's where he cut his teeth and how he did business and all that. And that's how he talks. So, I mean, in actuality, an interesting little sidebar on this is, you know, these guys that always claim to be culturally sensitive and all that stuff and how you shouldn't be prejudiced against somebody for the color of the skin or where they're from or their religion or whatever. You know, here they are blatantly, you know, going against the supposed high moral stance of theirs against Trump, who's from Queens, because he talks like he's from Queens. You know, hmm. that that's that's a, a clear bias, you know, orange man, bad sort of thing. Right. And right. Uh, yet that's the way they operate. You know, they're they're on a higher, higher moral plane saying they have to do the right thing until it's not in their interest. And then none of that counts because, you know, it's not in their interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to um, uh, X-22 report and um, Dave was talking about the two tiered system. You know, because here here we have all of the uh, information um, that's coming out about Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and all of the criminal activities. But it's like, I don't know, it's like nobody wants to 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 dive in and and uh, do something about it. I think that anyone as a as a conservative I mean, it's it's one of the built-in problems that that we have as conservatives um, in that, you know, we believe in individual responsibility and taking care of ourselves and, you know, go get your job and take care of your family and all of those sorts of things. So we're busy dealing with the problems of life and paying our taxes and all those sorts of things where uh, liberals, you know, there's a lot of deadbeats that don't believe in doing any of that stuff. And so they have a lot of time to become, you know, professional agitators and things like that. And those guys, they actually advertise in the paper. And a lot of those people that are out there protesting and stuff are paid to be sent there. And you've got guys like George Soros paying for those sorts of things. And you've got enemy powers like China, you know, who throw money at the same thing. You know, they funnel it through different groups. But many of these groups uh, get a lot of money from from communist China that they're able to, to funnel in there. And being a former intelligence guy, Trust me when I say, you know, getting funding to the people you want funding to the United States for an enemy intelligence organization is child's play. You know, they don't they're not putting the A team on that one. That's your your newbies. You know, all the all your recent graduates from Intel school are the ones out doing that stuff because it's so easy. Mm -hmm. And so these these are these are well-funded groups that 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 are, are able to kind of do whatever they want. So the you know, the opposition runs runs rampant and it's one of you know, it's it's conservatives don't want to organize and go out and do stuff, you know, like protest and things like that. The left is very easily susceptible to that. And they make money for it because they've got all of our enemies know that what they're trying to do is bad for the United States. And we know what we're trying to do is good for the United States, but we don't have time to go out and protest over it. And we've allowed this to get out of control. When we started seeing, I mean, think back when Bill Clinton was president, uh, he got caught getting money from communist China into his uh, political campaign. And yeah. there was a couple of guys that went to jail for this out in, in China. The, the Chinese intelligence officers that were involved, they escaped and got back to China. I'm sure they got a hero's welcome for it. Mm, but mm-hmm. we knew what was going on back then. And what did anybody do? Where were the Republicans on this? 
And this is where I think we have to accept some of the blame and take some of the responsibility for it. Because why were we not raising bloody hell with the Republican Party over this saying, this get rid of this corruption? And part of the problem is we've got the rhinos up there that I think there's a large number of them that are also part of it. Right. Because they yes. also are getting their back scratched, too. Mm-hmm. So we've got a kind of new generation, the small, the, the Freedom Caucus guys that are that are kind of a new wave of, of fresh air into the system. But they're still so small uh, that they don't have control. The rhino factions have all the control in the Republican Party almost everywhere, certainly at a national level. And and they just they don't want to do any of the things to fix this problem because they're they're getting their back scratched too, like I said. So uh, we've we've allowed this to happen to ourselves. And by the way, I've talked to a lot of Republican leadership that I consider rhinos that they're clearly part of the problem. And uh, Mitch McConnell certainly is one of them. And I've I've met with or talked to at different meetings and stuff people out of his staff many times. And their view of this is that just like the Democrats, that the problem is the are the conservatives. They're what they truly and they believe this, that conservatives represent something that will destroy the Republican Party because the Republican Party, for example, needs Latino voters. And what the conservatives represent is something that Latinos would never like and so never vote for. So therefore, the Republican Party will never win a national election if conservatives come to power within the, the the Republican Party. That's what they honestly believe. I've I've always pointed out, well, that's wow. you know, that's that's just plain wrong. I can prove it easily. Let me just tell you two words and I can prove it the first time. Ronald Reagan, you know, mm-hmm. a vowed conservative stood up for all of the conservative values. And what did he win his reelection campaign by? You know, 58 states, 59? You know, and were we better off, you know, you know, after his first term than we were before it? And and we clearly were and everybody agreed and he got reelected resoundingly. But they hated him. The conservatives, I mean, the the Republican Party hated him, too. They still talk bad about him. He picked George Bush, the daddy, to be his VP candidate because he was that guy out of the Republican rhino faction. And he did it to create peace. And, and mm. George Bush ran for president after him and won. And, and what did he do? He started getting rid of all the stuff that Reagan did. And we've got the same thing, basically, that had, has happened with Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't particularly look at himself as a conservative, but he's a businessman. So he promotes logical business things that make sense and work, which that makes him conservative. And it's the same stuff. I mean, we had the lowest unemployment up until COVID in, you know, for almost every race that's ever been measured and for the people in general and inflation was down and the economy was good and everybody was making more money. Uh, everything was great. And so, again, it, it just proves that. And he got a lot of Latino votes and he got a lot of black votes and things like that. The truth of it is, if you have somebody who believes in what they're doing, like Ronald Reagan and like Donald Trump, they really believe in what they say. People can feel that difference. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. what gets elected. And mm-hmm. I'll have to say, if, if I may kind of diverge, mm-hmm. we have um, uh, DeSantis now in Florida, who's got this campaign out. Now, he's he, there's only two candidates for Republican Party for president. There's other people that talk about it. But the only two that have any chance whatsoever are Donald Trump, who's probably going to win barring some major incident but <clears throat> they'll probably win and ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've already seen uh, some people like Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo is a smart man. I mean, I'm, I don't like a lot of what he does and represents, but he's a smart man. Okay. And, I, you know, I'm no, nobody questions his intelligence. He has been working to run as a candidate for president for years. While uh-huh. he was the secretary of state, while he was director of the CIA, he's had a, a committee and an office open for a long time looking at all of this stuff, knows many, many, many donors. And he threw his hat in the ring. And tried for three or four months, saw that it wasn't working, saw that all the oxygen in the room was taken up by Trump and DeSantis, and he dropped out about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's the guy with the brains at the table. He he saw clearly what was going on and said, well, I know I'm not going to expend any additional money and effort when this clearly is not going to work. That's the that's the smart man decision right there, mm-hmm. where you've got guys like Pence, who is a dummy, and you know he's still in there trying to thinking he's somehow going to pull this off. I don't know who gives him his advice, but it's it, the people who are giving him advice are somehow making money off the deal or, or they yeah. wouldn't be telling him to go forward. But <laughs> at any rate, I was going to say, my point out of that was that DeSantis is now running and he's got some of his super PAC ads out there, which is uh, stand firm or, you know, I'm standing here, not going to move and everything. It, and I'm, I was watching several of his things and, uh, these ads that he's been doing and what he's saying and his motto and all of that. And I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's it's one of those children's movies that came out a gazillion years ago, which I've, I've, I've seen a couple of times inadvertently on TV, but it's, uh, you remember Frozen? Oh, yes. You know, mm-hmm. the, I don't think I ever famous, saw it, but I remember it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I don't think you missed all that much, but anyway, <laughs> the, 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 the kind of main song out of that is where this mm. ice princess mm-hmm. girl goes up to the top of the mountain and she's singing you know and the the woman who sings the song in the movie really has a fabulous voice mm-hmm. i mean the, mm-hmm. the song itself is beautifully done right. but she's singing you know this song saying you know here i am and here i stand and here i'll stay and all that and that's basically the the the, the desantis campaign and it's right out of the movie frozen mm-hmm. and i'm looking at this going oh my god you know who who told you that was good but what is it? He's he's now and they're going, I'm, you know, I'm going to stand up to big pharma and I'm going to stand up to this and stand up to that. And here I am and here I stay. And I look at that and go, what, what the frack does that mean? You know, what do you mm-hmm. mean when you say that? You know, here I stand and here I stay. And yeah, what is that? Right what does that mean? And, and I don't gonna, see him yeah. standing up to big pharma either. I mean, you know, they. Because uh, I, I, I follow uh, Dr. Jane Ruby on Telegram, and she lives in Florida, and she was not happy with DeSantis at all, because there's still like he, uh, they were saying that, you know, the jab was not good for certain uh, age groups or, or, or certain people in the population, but it but it's okay for others. And like, no, if it's not good, it's not good, period, you know, but he wouldn't stand up to that. So I don't know. I yeah I I'll, I'll have to say I mean I I like DeSantis um, reasonably well I think he would probably make a pretty decent president of the United States I don't think he can beat Trump I don't think he would be a better president than Trump um, maybe you know in four years or something like that I the people that I know who know him personally have all told me that he's uh, <clears throat> highly intelligent and uh, grasps very quickly fairly complex situations and things. So okay. mm-hmm. I, I think, I, you know, I think he would, would probably be a pretty good president, but um, I, I kind of harken back, if you will, to that, 
there was a little scuffle kind of thing, verbal scuffle between DeSantis and Trump, mm-hmm. where DeSantis made a comment about how, uh, you know, Trump was being charged with this thing with the women, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, you know, the Stormy Daniels, the uh, uh, adult film lady. And yeah. he goes, well, I'm not going to comment on that. Ha, ha, ha. But, you know, da, 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 and goes on. And he kind of made a little joke of it and tried to pass it off and then went on to make his point. Then Trump, Trump came out. When you run and it's you, you're going to see what it's like and what it means. And uh, people were going, oh, you know, well, Trump and, and DeSantis, you know, they're having words. They're pissed at each other. And Trump, you know, typical counterpuncher, he just punched DeSantis and da, 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 da. That's all wrong. All the reporting on it, that was wrong. The reason they reported it that way is because they think it makes news. You know, oh, Trump is counterpunching. That's news. But that's wrong. Mm-hmm. What really happened is DeSantis made that comment in passing because he thought it was just passing it off as a little joke. He, and he went on to make his real point. But what that shows is DeSantis does not understand the depth of the problem. He does not understand the political corruption that exists at the senior level in all the federal agencies. And he's supposed to be a conservative. And that's something he should understand. And what Trump said was not some sort of counterpunch. What Trump said was exactly the truth. He said, oh, yeah, you think it's funny? Well, you'll see when it's you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly right. And DeSantis, if he becomes popular, is going to start. They'll they'll make up whatever against him. And that was what Trump went on to say. You know, they'll make up stories about you being with little boys or whatever it is, because that's what they do. They lie. And out there we have now the, uh, you know, the certainly the press is is all in the, you know, they're in the tank for the Democrats and the justice system, DOJ, FBI, all of law enforcement, all federal law enforcement at the leadership level, not all law enforcement. Let me correct that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of good law enforcement still out there, but it's more at the local level than it is right. at the federal mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And even within those federal agencies, there's people that are really pissed off about what they're seeing. I guarantee you within the FBI, they're close to the point of revolution there. And that's why we're mm-hmm. starting to see cracks in the dam Mm-hmm. And FBI agents are coming out as whistleblowers, and we're going to see more of that. Thank goodness. Yeah, the good guys are pissed. And, you know, wonderful news. I, I, the only problem is, again, conservatives don't close ranks around them and protect them and make sure they go off and get another job. Most of those guys are thrown under the bus. So mm-hmm. it's, again, it's just, it's hard. We need to, we need to make more of an effort to, to, to uh, you know, take care of those guys that go out so far on the limb. And we do not. Uh, yeah, or they or they don't exist anymore. All of a sudden, they're they uh, killed themselves, quote unquote, or you know, committed suicide. Yep, political suicide. They talk about that all the time. So, so here we sit, and that, as I said, I personally have come out from AIR and endorsed Trump, and this is one of the reasons I don't think DeSantis would be a bad president. I personally don't have anything against DeSantis. I I think he's a decent guy and does a reasonably good job. And I mean, nobody's perfect. So, I mean, we're certainly going right. to pick at it and find some things that are wrong, but the, the, the underlying issue of understanding that the federal government is now completely wrong and untrustworthy and is no longer doing the business of the American people. They're now doing the business of their party. Right. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what the Nazi party was. I mean, you belong to the party. You weren't, you know, uh, a, a German officer in the army swearing your allegiance to Germany. You were a German o- officer in the German army swearing your allegiance to Hitler. And that flag, that swastika, that wasn't the German flag. 
Right. That was the Nazi party flag, mm-hmm. which, by the way, the 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 star or the um, a hammer and sickle flag that was the Russian flag for so long, mm-hmm. the red one, you know, that right. was not the Russian flag. That was the party flag. Right now, flying over China, everywhere in the world where they have their embassies and any of their offices and stuff, that red flag with the five stars on it and all that, mm-hmm. that is not the Chinese flag. That is the Chinese Communist Party flag. And that's what we're seeing happen here in the United States. These guys have all sworn their loyalty to the Democrat Party. And they put that above their responsibilities to national security and the safety of the American people of the United States of America. And and, and we see this corruption from the Washington field office of the FBI that goes down and does the raid on on Trump's office down there and, and takes all the classified documents that had been stored properly and spews them, you know, out all over the floor and takes a picture of them and goes, see, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the FBI. That's a political hit job. And they were in bed with the DOJ to do it. That is a political hit job of your political enemies. And that is third world shenanigans that does not belong in the United States. But yet, where is the outrage on the part of the Republican Party? Where are they? And that's, again, where I go back to it and I look at it and go, well, some of this is our fault. We Mm -hmm. have to take responsibility for some of it because we're not putting the right people in office that are going to go crazy over this. I mean, even the good guys in Congress, of which there are a few, where are they on this? You know, I would I would I often say like I Ted Cruz was somebody I supported early on last, you know, last time around when Trump won, you know, who's a a constitutional uh, scholar and a brilliant man. Again, he's one of those guys. Everybody I, I know who's met him personally all say he's brilliant. I have no doubts about that. It's true. But yeah, where is he on those issues? You know, I see what they all do. They're all kind of the same. All the politicians, especially, I mean, both sides do it, but the conservatives do it too, where they should not necessarily be doing it. But they come out and they'll they'll get on TV and they talk tough and ah, you didn't do this and you're saying that and da da da. And then they go send out an email to, to everybody, all their constituents, and say, "See what I said here? I'm fighting for you. Send me money." You know, and they have to get money back <laughs> into their campaign fund, and that's what they do. Their purpose in standing up and saying this stuff is not to try and do something. Their, their, their purpose in standing up and saying this stuff is to be able to have that email that they can write and send out and ask for funding. That's, That's disgusting. That's disgusting. I really, I wish we could just get rid of political parties. I think that would go a long way. I don't know. I mean, I would certainly be, you know, the, when the United States was founded, there was no such thing as a professional politician. Mm-hmm. It was, it was citizens. And uh, now, this is you know, going to be considered very elitist. I can see where a lot of people would object to this, but who they were unpaid. So who can afford to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, successful people. Well, but also, who are successful people? Successful people are not morons. You know, they're just mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. You don't become hugely successful by being stupid. Not that there are not some stupid, successful people. Uh, you know, Biden's made a lot of money and I think he's stupid, but you know, <laughs> he hasn't done it through normal commercial means. But there are, you know, the, the, by and large, I think government was better then because uh, the people that went into office were unpaid, did it on a volunteer basis. They didn't want to stay there and do it forever. And so they would eventually leave. And yet, you know, they were they were willing to do that out of pocket. So you just had high quality quality people in office, whereas now 
and I've been around a lot of these guys, you know, m- most of these guys, I, I would bet 50% of people in Congress, if they were not a congressman, would have a hard time getting a job. <laughs> uh, you know, and, I, and I'm completely serious. I mean, I know a number of people that I was around their campaign. These were people that I chose not to support and didn't work with them because I'm picky about stuff like that, you know, who I'll throw my support to. But you know, that they did it and and ran because they needed a job. And they thought they had a chance because they were, you know, former military or whatever it was. And and they needed a job. And as soon as they lost, uh, they were out campaigning, you know, everybody said, I need a job. Help me find a job, you know. And they had nothing. And, you know, they, they went on to, I don't know, go work at Walmart or whatever because they just, they weren't quality individuals that really had their act together. And those are the guys that want to run for Congress. And so a lot of these guys that we have out there, I mean, I... I just look at Swalwell, you know, he's a Democrat <laughs> congressman from California. You know, he mm-hmm. was the guy that was that was, you know, playing patty cakes with Fang Fang, you know, the Chinese mm-hmm. spy who was funneling money from the Chinese Communist Party to his campaign fund. And uh, you know, where's the outrage over that? You know, where is it? You know, and and Nancy Pelosi right after this all breaks through, out and it becomes public knowledge is going, well, I don't have any problems with Swalwell. Swalwell's doing a fine job. Well, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's also married. He's, he's banging a Chinese spy, you know, little Fang Fang. And money's coming into his coffers from through her. I don't know. And Diane Feinstein mm-hmm. had a, a Chinese spy on her staff for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And she's going, well, he was out in California. He never had any access to classified information. And 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 it goes away. It goes away. And what did the FBI do in that case? They quietly go to her and say, which, by the way, they're required to do this. So it was good that they did it. But they quietly go to her and say, well, you know, we think you have a spy on your staff. And uh, she goes, oh, Christ, OK, I'll fire him. So she fires him. You know, and yet uh, Trump, they think he has a Russian spy on his his staff. And what do they do? They, you know, they get a FISA warrant and spy on him for for years and you know a completely different treatment for for you know trump was the lesser even if any of that was true which it wasn't but he was the lesser situation they had a confirmed spy who'd been on on her staff diane feinstein's staff for decades and and they quietly go to her they you know they didn't ask for a fisa warrant to surveil her mm-hmm. which that actually would have made sense and they would have gotten it if i heard about that i would have probably said well you know good that makes sense you know I, I don't think that probably she was culpable in any way with any of this other than, you know, stupidity. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think she was trying to help the Chinese. But right. clearly that guy was. And and let me say, you know, as an intelligence officer, an operations guy who ran intelligence things of, of every type uh, for a long time, if I were the Chinese intelligence officer running that case and that guy was on that staff for 20 years, he was the one that knew where all the funders were, and mm-hmm. it would be super easy to funny funnel, uh, funnel money into Diane Feinstein's campaign to make sure she stays in there, so that so my guy stays in place. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would have been running all mm-hmm. the money that Diane Feinstein needed into her campaign whenever she needed it. Mm-hmm. Also, er, and er, I think everybody knows this to be true; they just probably don't think it through. But where do the staffers come from? that Diane Feinstein did have in her office in Washington, D.C. Well, they came from the office in California. Not all of them, not all the time, but that's by and large where they come from. Mm-hmm. They come from her own office. So how hard would it be 
for this Chinese intelligence or these Chinese asset who's working on her staff, who's her office manager, who gets her money, how hard would it be for that guy to say, hey, Diane, this guy over here who donated 10 million to your campaign has his uh, godson who he wants to work on your staff over here. And he gave you $10 million. Mm-hmm. What is Diane Fine going to say? Diane Feinstein going to say, no? Of course you do. <laughs> right. She's going to say, of course, yeah. when can he be here? Right. So how many additional spies did that guy run into her staff on the Hill during a 20-year period? How many? I would have run 40 or 50. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. what happens once you get on the Hill? It's musical chairs. These guys move around between offices so it's going to be go Mm -hmm. get there get in the office work for her for six months or a year or whatever and find another job working for another congressman or senator and or get on one of the staff offices or something like that it's impossible absolutely impossible that the chinese intelligence service did not think of this it could never happen i guarantee you that they ran plants into Diane Feinstein's office from California through this guy who then moved on to go sit in other places. And mm-hmm. here's one of the real, real like criminally negligent aspects of this. Normally what you would do is an, is an after action study to see what damage was done. You would do a damage report in okay. a case like this mm-hmm. where you would go in and study and go back and look, okay, he was there for 20 years. How many people did he send? that went into um, Diane Feinstein's office. Let's go figure it out mm-hmm. and then track down every one of those and see who they were because, you know, the odds are pretty good that at least some of those guys are Chinese spies. Are they sense. still there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do we know that there are not 20 Chinese spies on the Hill right now today that were funneled into that system because of that Chinese spy that was on Diane Feinstein's staff? You'll prove to me that that's not the case right now. And nobody can prove it either true or false because it never got looked at nobody's looking crazy that's crazy that would seem logical i mean of course it is and it's the only thing that i mean that's the type of stuff that you would do to protect yourself but instead what we do is we do this exhaustive thing on you know all of these resources spent on surveilling trump based on the Steele dossier that everybody knew was a false document, that it was political from the beginning, the FBI, DOJ, everybody knew, and yet it was used to get a FISA warrant, and nothing's being done about that either, I might add, by the way. And yet we go after Trump with everything we've got. And by we, I mean the federal government goes after Trump with everything it's got. And there was nothing there. That letter from the 51 traitorous SOBs who who were all former CIA directors and things like that, that took advantage of their position mm, for political, mm-hmm. for their political, uh, uh, you know, advantage to try and damage Trump mm-hmm. knew it was a lie, but they did it anyway. You know, what's, why do they still have clearances? <laughs> yeah, why? Really? God, you know, we know these guys are no good. We know they lie to the American people. We know they not, cannot be trusted with a clearance and yet they still have a clearance. You know, this is nutsoid and then not, not going and looking to see what what that guy did over those 20 years on Diane Feinstein's staff and figure out the damage that was done to us and track down if there are still spies on the hill that that he placed there over a 20-year period. I mean, but we don't do that. You know, we spend our resources going after stuff that we know is made up, but it's against Trump who we don't like. Yeah. And, and 20 years, man, uh, you know, I mean, if you really think about it, 20 years is a long 
time. A lot oh, yes. of damage could be done in 20 oh, minutes. Oh, yes. And let me point out a funny little thing about it. This is this is one of the things I say that <clears throat> this is the type of stuff that I look at as an intelligence officer, you know, an ops guy. And you remember the balloons? You know, yep. everybody's saying they're Chinese. The Chinese say, oh, those aren't our balloons. We don't know. And uh, but yet they're, they're Chinese balloons. So they're up flying over the United States, looking all around, spying down. And these things have motive. I mean, they're able to go where they want. You know, they don't just fly along and go where the wind blows them. They they're going paths flying where they want to want to see over stuff. Now, here's an interesting thing. They got away with those balloons for quite a little while. They're saying that they even took place during the Trump presidency, although everybody agrees Trump didn't know. If Trump had found out, I'm sure he would have shot him down and pitched a fit, but uh, which is probably why they didn't tell him, because that would have made Trump look good. But so the Chinese have been doing this for years. They're flying spy balloons wherever they want, all over the United States. And here's one of the what I find really interesting about this is if you look at our classified protocols, these it's it's particularly held by the military, but all, all of the federal agencies have it for these control things. We have protocols. If the Chinese fly, you know, their equivalent of a spy aircraft over this part of Hawaii or California or whatever, we respond in this way. Those are the protocols, okay. right? Mm -hmm. These circumstances happen and we respond in this way. Okay. Well, guess what? There was no protocol for balloons. balloons. <laughs> now, I'm now this. Okay, maybe I'm a little suspicious minded, you know, with my background and everything. By guarantee to you, the Chinese have all of our protocols. They've mm. stolen it. They, their spies got the classified information for them. They sat down and read through them and said, hey, look, there's a hole in the protocols where they don't have any set response to spy balloons. So let's go do a big program of spy balloons, which they successfully did for years. I know. Um, I mean, it's yeah. just so logical and fits all the data points. I would find mm -hmm. it hard to believe that 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 was not true, that they were not aware in advance of our classified documents that cover those protocols that dictate the, the, the responses that the United States could have under any given set of circumstances. It just it just makes too much sense not to be true. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think we'll ever find out 100 percent unless we get a Chinese defector. But I've got to say right now with the state that we're in and uh politicization and weaponization of all of our federal agencies, most assuredly, including, you know, the three letter ones. Why would any defector come to the United States? It'd be too damn dangerous. Somebody would give you up and you'd get tracked down and shot. You know, it, it's just too dangerous to do it. But it's what a pity. You know, we need some Chinese defectors that would come out and go public with all this stuff so that the American people could start to, you know, see this stuff and react and demand more of our politicians and start looking at people like Mitch McConnell and say, you know, whiskey tangle foxtrot, my friend, why are you not doing something? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I mean, it's, I mean, we've always known there's political corruption, but it just seems like in the last couple of years, especially it's, I mean, it's so deep and so wide and it's to me, it's overwhelming. I mean, what can we do? How, how do we, how do we change this? Well, or can we? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I worry a great deal that it's too late. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think Democrats even really care if they win elections that much. I don't think they care that much because they own the bureaucracies. 
They own the leadership and bureaucracies. And it's really hard to get those guys out. And, you know, the political appointees you can put in, you know, they're only there for so long and they can only do so much. Now, granted, if if Trump hires me to fix that for him, I guarantee you I can fix it. Because, you know, I've, I've seen these tricks and know how it's done. And we, we it could be fixed. But again, this is another one of the reasons why I came out and, and endorsed Trump is because the only guy that a even sees it as a problem is Trump that could mm. that could win the presidency, mm-hmm. and he's also the only one that would actually be motivated to try and fix it. So he, you know, he's he's the only guy. It's he's the only game in town. I mean, I, I DeSantis, you know, God bless him. No matter how good a guy he is, he just doesn't view that as the problem and wouldn't fix it because he doesn't think he did something to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And you know, and that's just going to kick the can down the road, and it'll just get worse and worse and worse and worse. So. Brad, what what about Bobby Kennedy? Well, Bobby Kennedy's an interesting guy. He's mm-hmm. you know he's saying interesting things for a a uh, a Democrat. And actually, if you look at what he's saying, if you go back and look at at John Kennedy, the former president of the United States that got assassinated way back when, and you you read his positions on stuff, Bobby Kennedy is actually somewhere in that area. Right, right. To my sense is that his and I, I may be wrong, but that his purpose right now is to red pill the Democrats. He is saying things that a lot of people would not hear from somebody else, but they will hear from Bobby. I agree. And I think that is indeed what's happening. I think he has gauged it that, uh, that the Democrat party as it is today is destroying the Democrat party. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, my, you know, he views them that are pretty hard left. He views them as the ultimate destruction of the Democrat Party, much like how the rhinos view the conservatives. The, the mm-hmm. rhinos are wrong. You know, what will save the Republican Party are the conservatives. But uh, I think Bobby Kennedy correctly observes that the the today's Democrat are destroying themselves. And so what he, I think he's doing exactly that. It's a red pill move. And I think he views this as, okay, now is not my chance, but he's a fairly young guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he says, well, I'm, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. I'm going to represent what Democrats used to represent. And this has gotten so crazy weirdo left where people are actually on the left coming out to support transcripts so they can go kill people. I mean, <laughs> talk about freaking nuts. I know. And, uh, and so he's coming out representing what kind of the old, uh, you know, old fashioned, I guess, or I'm not sure what you'd want to call it, but the older period of the of kid of the Kennedy presidency um, branch of the Democrat Party, which of course has shrunk to almost nothing. But I think he plans to to ride that wave into the presidency of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. I think he probably believes what he says. I don't think he's lying about this stuff. No, no, I think he's honest. Mm-hmm. So and he may be right because um, I think there's, uh, on the by and large, the average Joe Schmo Democrat. Now, there's a small percentage that are just radical idiots, but the the kind of a normal person who's a Democrat has got to be looking at some of this stuff, going, you know, I don't know if this makes any sense anymore. And we've had some state legislatures, uh, you know, a lot of people switching over from the Democrats to yeah, the Republican Party. I know. And, you know, so I think a lot of a lot of average Joe citizens are looking at all this stuff as Democrat Party members 
looking at this stuff going, well, this just isn't right anymore. I mean, like what happened in Loudoun County, which is, you know, what, where all this took place is a half hour from where I sit. And we had that boy that was supposed to be a trans, you know, pre-op, whatever, right. mm -hmm. going to be a girl sort of thing. And he was wearing dresses and using the girls' bathrooms. But what did he actually do? You know, what he actually did was wait for a girl to come in there alone and rape her. And, you know, so Jeez. I don't know, but I don't think that's any sort of trans pre-op anything. I think that was a boy who wanted to rape girls. And so if, if he can wear dresses to get it done, then he does. And then you have the school board arrest the father who went to the school board meeting to complain about them covering up for the rapist and protecting the rapist. They arrest the father. And then what does that rapist boy do? He goes on and rapes another girl afterwards. So it's just, God. it's insanity. But what can we do to fight back? And what I would like to see, and, and I'm hoping it's something that we can seriously contribute to, is I would like to see that Loudoun County, you know, looking at all these problems is having major elections. Basically, in 2023, November of, of this year, an off-year election, they're, they're re-electing everybody. Mm -hmm. And of course, they set this way up on purpose because they're figuring they're going to be able to do better in this election because it's there's not there's nothing else going on at the same time. Mm -hmm. So they they think they can bring out more dedicated voters, you know, bust them uh, in and uh -huh. and uh, have all this uh -huh. stuff so that they can they can win all these seats back. Uh, I don't know, but I would I would say this to anyone listening: if you wanted to send a a chill up the spines of Democrats and give a shot of adrenaline to the conservatives, that would be a landslide victory in Loudoun County, Virginia because it has been the kind of the cutting edge of this fight between the wacky left and anybody normal. And, you know, what, what universe do you live in that it's okay to cover up for a rapist so that he can go on and rape another girl. And we're talking high school girls. This isn't, mm. you know, this is, these are teenage kids. And, and yet this is what's happened here. And there's, you know, there's no repercussions for these guys that were there. None of them are in trouble. I don't think they're, they're still in their office, you know, but, you know, they didn't go to jail for it. They're not. But I, I think, a, you know, a criminal case, and I'm not a lawyer. I could be completely wrong on all this stuff. But at least my view of it would be that is that not aiding and embedding, you know, mm -hmm. criminal? Mm -hmm. You know, he's a rapist. I know he's a rapist, but I'm going to cover up for, for him so he can go on and rape again. Why, why is that not part of the crime? Mm -hmm. And yet now, like I said, not a lawyer, don't know any lawyers listening in probably laugh and say, well, that's stupid, but, but, but still is, isn't that illegal somewhere along the line? God, you would think. Yeah. I mean, somewhere there's gotta be something illegal about that. If there isn't, there should be. I mean, that would be something, you know, you cover up for a racist, a rapist, you're aiding and abetting and, you know, you're going to do jail time too. Would have loved to seen that, but that's just not how it works anymore. Nobody gets in trouble. Uh, yeah. You know, like and I said, I've Bill Clinton taking no, I was just going to say, I've seen, uh, I, I watched um, an interview with um, James O'Keefe and talking about that this has been happening, this is happening in the women's prisons, that men are claiming to be trans, even though they're, they're actually not. And so that they can um, be incarcerated in with the women and rape the women. <laughs> it's like, Wow. If I ever become a political prisoner because I'm a conservative and sent to jail, I, I mean, I think that would be the very first thing I would think of. I'd, I'd rather 
do time with the women than do time with those guys and 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 you know suffer the wrath of prisoners guys over there. I don't know. It's craziness, absolute craziness. The solutions out there, I don't know. Like I said, I, a, a victory in Loudoun County, Virginia, after all of what went on, would be a, a huge step that could be that could take place, which would be leading into the primaries because not long after November, the all the campaigns are going to start in you know in all earnestness uh, the, the following year for the 2024 elections, which are a a, a presidential election year. So. Uh, it, it would be huge to see that go that way. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do something about it and actually looking for some uh, financial support because it's something I think that we could have tremendous impact on. Mm -hmm. uh, but, it, you know, the problem is, you know, picking good guys to go go to office for us, for conservatism and, and you know, go sit on the hill and, and try to do the right thing. But, you know, I don't I think there are not very many, honest to God, decent conservative people that look at that job and go, well, I'd really like to do that so I can, you know, do the right thing and try to do good for the United States and try to make sure that our national security is actually taken care of instead of the political whims of the Democrat Party. I mean, you just, I don't think there's anybody really that looks at it that, or not very many people that are willing to do that. When I look at this, I, I get asked, pretty commonly, you know, why don't you run for office? You speak well, you should do that. And your background at the CIA, you know, you can talk about that stuff. And it's like, well, first of all, right, half the people in the country would hate me because I was a CIA operations guy. Yeah. And I was out overseas <laughs> doing stuff. You know, they'd probably say, well, that, that asshole, you know, he, he does all dirty tricks. You know, I'm not going to want him in office. But even if that put that aside, I mean, I look at it and go, God, I don't, you know, I've had my time in government. I'm not really that interested in going back into that crap. And, uh, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of a cesspool up there. I, one of the things, um, again, a little sidelight here, but I mean, one of the things that happens is, you know, when I was overseas, we would have congressional delegations come out, you know, congressmen and senators and their staffers, they would usually bring a staff or two with them. And, you know, of course, I'm CIA in those countries. I know what they do. I know where they go. And mm -hmm. so just let me give you an example. If a congressman were to come out, this is hypothetical, but if a congressman were to come out there and go to a whorehouse and have sex with a 12-year-old boy, and I report it, who just broke the law, him or me? And you know the way the law works? I would be the one that broke the law because I was reporting on a U.S. congressman. Oh, geez. Yeah, oh, geez is right. He would not have done anything wrong. <sighs> I would be the one that would do something wrong. So I see these guys. I know some of the crap they pull up, who they talk to and what they do and drugs and all this kind of stuff. I see what they do. You know, I'm in that country knowing what's going on. That's my job. And I, you know, they don't get that. That very little would get past us as to, as to knowing what they do, but there's nothing we can do about it, you know. So I, I I've made a comment. In fact, I had lunch many years ago with Mike Pompeo before he kind of skyrocketed to fame, and I made a comment to him that um, that eighty percent of all Democrats are complete scumbags, and that fifty percent of Republicans are complete scumbags. And he's looking at me and he kind of shakes his head yes. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And wow. you know, that, that sums it up. But look at this. 80% of Democrats and 50% of 
of of Republicans. So, you know, you take that as a total and on the Hill, you know, you've got what, 75, 80 percent of all of them there are scumbags. You know, and there's only like 20, 25, 30 percent at most. They're decent people. And that's who we have out there. Well, why would I, you know, why would I run for office to become part of that? I mean, oh, my God, you know, they would all piss me off so bad. I, you know, I, I would I would end up being ostracized, you know, and they wouldn't put me on any of the committees and stuff like that because you need leadership. I'd be the, you know, I would have no hesitation to stand up and talk about the stuff that McCarthy or or Mitch McConnell do and things like that. And I would stand up and say, no, they're not putting me on the committee because I criticize them. You know, who would you put on the Intelligence Oversight Committee that knows more about it than I do? Mm. I know more about it than all of the rest of them, plus their staffers put together. But they're not going to put me on that committee because, you know, I point out all the crap that they pull. You know, that's the problem. There's no honesty in government. This is just more proof of what I say. You know, that's the type of stuff I would do. But, of course, like I said, it's not going to make me popular with leadership. You know, it would right. be a constant battle. But, you know, why don't we have more of that sort of stuff out there? Why aren't there more honest people? Why aren't there brave people that are willing to stand up and say this stuff? And it's because they need the freaking job. They need those jobs. And so they don't want to stand up and take those chances because what would my constitu- constituency say? Yeah, okay, well, we've elected Brad. He's made all this trouble. The leadership hates his guts. He's not on any of the committees. He's a damned interesting guy. Uh, but, you know, is that who we want? Would I get reelected? You know, I don't know. And But that, that would be a huge risk. Maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. But that would be a huge risk. And I think... All of those guys, not a one of them wants to take that risk. Not mm-hmm. a one of them. Mm-hmm. Wow. They want to be reelected. They love where they're at. Oh, of course. Cushy. Yeah. Cushy. Lots of benefits. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned this to you once before, but I there's a, a type of retirement. I'm, I'm retired out of federal government with that type of retirement. Uh, it was originally offered to the, to the CIA as well. And it's the retirement that the... Um, that Congress also has. It's the same mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, I had 25 years in in order to get my retirement. Okay. Congressman, after two terms, gets the full retirement. That is so outrageous. <laughs> yeah, that's four years. They go in for four years and they get full retirement where I had to go 25 years and they get more money because wow. the maximum you can be paid in government is the cap of that is congressional salaries. Mm. <clears throat> of course, who made that rule? Congress, Congress, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody can be paid more than us. Wow. Wow. That's that that's the setup. So eventually you get capped at whatever the whatever the congressional rate is. So when Congress raises, see, nobody thinks of this stuff. When Congress raises its salary, every senior person in federal government also gets a raise. Oh, wow. I didn't know so, that. <clears throat> yeah. So where, you know, you don't see all these different bureaucracies coming out going, oh, my goodness, you know, they're spending all this money and doing this. And that's terrible. You know, Congress giving itself a raise. You know, nobody raises a fuss because everybody who oversees any of it is all at that level. They're capped out. So they get a raise by just shutting up. Wow. Yeah, it's just that's the system. It's bizarre. I mean, like I said, if you weren't, if you hadn't spent a career in government, you wouldn't know any of this stuff. That's why I say over and over and over and over and over. And I hope Trump gets this message somewhere along the line. I, I believe he has. Um, you need to surround yourself with people that are the the ops people. I, I hope that if if he wins again, which I hope he will, he has my support. Um, if he wins again, I hope he surrounds himself with <clears throat> intelligence operators like myself. Not me, but intelligence operators like myself, mm-hmm. uh, 
and the law enforcement operators, the guys that were those those boots on the ground that everybody talks about, they were filling those boots that were on the ground. And same with the military. He goes to the operators out of the military, not some grand strategic analyst crapola stuff, the real guy that's been there, that's done it, that knows how to do these things. I hope he surrounds himself exclusively with those people, not a bunch of former congressmen, not a bunch of bureaucrats, not a bunch of lawyers, but the operators, the mm -hmm. the intelligence, law enforcement and military operators, because we're not afraid of this crap. We know how to fight these fights. Nobody's, you know, they're not shooting at us. They're just calling us names, you know, <laughs> BFD, go, Lord, call me whatever name you want. By the way, you're fired, you know, and, you know, we can fight those battles. We can win all this stuff. We know these tricks. Remember when, when Trump came out and was commenting about how the former director of the CIA was saying all this stuff and it was nonsense and all that. And he's saying, why does that guy have a clearance? You know, Democrats were going, oh, my God, you shouldn't say that. You know, that's that's terrible. But, you know, I don't think Trump knew that all he had to do, because who holds the clearance in this case? It was the CIA. All he has to do, it would, it would have taken me, you know, five minutes on presidential stationery, write out a memo that says, please cancel the, the uh, clearance of so-and-so effective today. Mm. And I take it over to the president and go, Mr. President, sign here. He signs it and I say, I'll be back. I'm going to, you know, can I, by the way, can I borrow the Marine One to fly over to CIA headquarters to deliver this? Because that would be really cool. And <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would, I'm sure end up driving, but I would drive <laughs> over there, call the director and say, you know, I'm coming up. I got, I've got a, a memo from the president to give to you and go over and get there. And, you know, when within two hours, that guy's clearance is yanked. But see, Trump didn't know any of that stuff. I mean, most of the congressmen don't either. They don't know this stuff. These guys that get elected, they're bureaucrats. They don't know any of that stuff. They've mm -hmm. never done anything. I go to these meetings, a lot of these meetings. You know, I, I go to fewer of them now than I used to because, I mean, it just became so clear they're a waste of time. Everybody at all these political meetings and stuff, none of them, none of them have ever actually done anything. They're all career bureaucrat guys. You know, they work for nonprofits trying to raise money or, you know, which now I'm doing some of that myself, but you know, that's all they've ever done. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say 90% of the time, I was the only guy in the room that's ever, ever actually done anything. If you look at most of the leadership that we have around for the so-called conservative movement, most of them are politicians. Mm -hmm. You know, they've never actually done anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do have some groups out there that are veterans groups and different ones like AIR where, you know, it's former agency people and, and a lot of other people as well. But, um, you know, there's there's just not that many of us. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of everybody else. And a congressman has a lot of pull. So some guy who's, you know, you know, had a job maybe or worked for the government or was in the military gets out, runs for Congress and wins. You know, he's you know, never run a business, you know, never really run a bureaucracy. Uh, you know, or or run any sort of operational element or anything of that nature. And 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 being in Congress is pure bureaucracy. You have your staff, but that's it. You don't really do anything. And you, they don't even write bills. You know, congressmen don't write bills. Lobbyists write bills. Oh, and they, they that's where they come from. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, lobbyists write all the bills now. I mean, there may be the rare exception, but lobbyists write them, and they go around and say, "Well, this is what we want to see passed." And uh, by the way, Congressman so-and-so, will you co-sponsor the bill? 
And, uh, and, and I do have a check over here for $10,000 to go into your campaign fund. So will you co-sponsor co this bill? And that's, oh, that's, God. that's lobbying. That's how that works. That's wow. the name of the game. And by the way, when people talk about, Oh, well, you know, Trump doing this for the Russians and that and the other, the second I heard it, I knew that it was BS because what they were trying to say that Trump was doing and all this stuff, Russians can already do here legally. You know how they can do this stuff legally? Because it's legal for them to lobby in the United States. Does anyone think the Russians don't have lobbyists here in the U.S.? Does anyone think that the, that the Turks, the Iranians, the Chinese don't have lobbying firms? They do because it's legal. And those guys can go to the Hill and say, yeah, here's 10000 for your campaign. Vote for this, you know, vote positive on this. Well, oh, you know, who are they voting for? They're voting for the freaking Chinese, you know, or, or the Russians or... Well, any, a lot of people that are not friends to the United States and don't have anything even vaguely like our best interests at heart. But see, that's all legal. Wow. That can be done. These guys have huge budgets for lobbying in the United States. They spend millions of dollars on a monthly basis in Washington, D.C. with lobbyists, getting them to do whatever it is they want, you know, supporting a bill that is in favor of, of you know, whoever, not us. Wow. I had no idea. Well, yeah, it's a cesspool. It's a complete cesspool. Wow, it, it sounds like it, yes. So, Brad, how can people connect with you? And I know you you have a kind of a is it a, a radio show that you do or what how can how can people follow you? Well, the best way uh, is to just uh, go do take a look at the podcast on my website, which is okay. uh, Americans for Intelligence Reform. The site is intelreform.org. Okay. And uh, now, of course, uh, I'm essentially blackballed by a lot of social media. I do have, uh, I'm, I've got a presence everywhere on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. But all of those behind the scenes, you know, make it difficult to find my stuff and search mm -hmm. for it and so on. But uh, even even people who've signed up, where they get notifications every time I come out with something, they oftentimes come back to me and complain and go, "Hey." You know, I got kicked off. I thought you weren't, you know, doing any stuff anymore. And I went and searched and found you, and you've been doing it. And they kicked me off, so I had to re-sign up to get notification. And you know, they just get routinely kicked off because you know, social media—they mm -hmm. don't like conservatives, so they're they're, you know, all the stuff that I've said that's true that they said were lies that have now been proven true. You know, that's still the reason they they say, "Well, oh, misinformation," so we've got to get rid of him. At any rate, best place is the website intelreform.org. I'm also on all the social media, Rumble, um, Truth, what is it? Truth Social. Truth Social. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, all of them. I have a presence, but even some of the smaller ones. But uh, the, the one place where I do not get wiped out and I'm not kicked off ever is the website. So that's yeah. the best place. Okay, great. Well, wow, Brad, thank you so much. This has, as always, been an eye-opener. Some of the things you talked about I knew, some of it I didn't. And um, I don't know, sometimes I, I wonder, you know, about the saying, ignorance is bliss. That <laughs> I don't uh, know. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, wow. <laughs> it, it gets scary when you start putting all the pieces together. Yeah, it really does. Well, let's hope that uh, I mean, I know that a lot of people are are focusing on, um, you know, like school boards and local, local uh, political things to to at least get on the ground floor and and make changes. And um, especially school boards, I think, are really important right now with all the 
what they're doing in the schools is just awful. I I'm I, I would I wouldn't want to have yeah I wouldn't want to have a, a a kid. I mean the ideal is obviously homeschooling right now, but you know a lot of people both have to work and you know how do you homeschool? It's it can be very difficult. So oh yeah, it's very true. We will see what happens. Well, thank you so much, Brad. Uh, I enjoy your no-nonsense perspective <laughs> on, on current <laughs> events, and um, it's it's always refreshing. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Jean, always my pleasure. Thank you. And remember, everyone, the podcast website is realjanine.com, and you can listen to the episodes there. You can download them. There's also links for BitChute, Rumble, sometimes YouTube. I'm, I've got my, another strike on YouTube, so I can't load anything there again. Uh, oh, well, uh, do you know someone who would find my conversation with Brad Johnson super informative? I'm sure you do. So please share the love. Until next time, take care and be well. Bye.